Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Kim Peek. I am your hostess for Power Up Your Performance. I am also the founder of Power of Run, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest as at sign power of run. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that I found on my phone. Do you guys ever do that? Take some notes on your phone and then you discover them later. Does anybody do that where you just, you know, jot things you want to remember? I don't know. Maybe that's only me. I write notes to myself and I save thoughts and quotes and Lots of to-do lists and grocery lists, too, on my phone. And I think part of the reason I started doing that, besides that I was, oh, I'm always writing something and trying to capture those thoughts so I don't forget them for later, was that after I went through chemo, I had chemo brain that lingered for quite a long time. And so I have just learned to use my calendar and my notepad both the one on my phone and scraps of paper all over my house to help me remember things. For those of you who don't know, chemo brain is a real thing. It's like brain fog, except for it's much, much worse. And it can last months and years beyond treatment. So for me, one of the ways this showed up during treatment was that it was hard for me to read both to be able to see to read and to be able to concentrate when I was reading. It just felt like the words were bouncing all over the page. And if you know me, you know that I'm always reading something. So there was this day when I was, it was a day after chemo treatment, and I was going back to the oncology office for on the day after treatment to get my Nulasta shot. And Nulasta is a shot that stimulates growth of the white cells to help your body fight off infection since chemotherapy works because it basically compromises the immune system. Anyway, so I was driving myself to this appointment on a road I've probably driven down a thousand times since I've lived in Kansas City. And instead of turning into the hospital parking lot, I got into the wrong lane and I turned onto the interstate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this once I finally realized it. So I turn around and I come back. I did the exact same thing a second time. And then when I got to my appointment, they all just kind of laughed at me because that's how chemo brain works. You just, things you know, you just have no control over. Anyway, so chemo, chemo brain is something I've dealt with since my chemotherapy treatment in 2015. And over the past year, I have seen some great improvements, which has really, really made me happy because aside from losing my hair, Chemo brain has been the side effect of breast cancer treatment that has bothered me the most. When I worked full time, it was part of my job to help media salespeople come up with marketing plans and strategies and promotional ideas and blog posts and just all kinds of creative ideas that would help them and their clients. And this has just been the way my brain has worked my entire career, probably my entire life. I always have an abundance of ideas, lots of ideas, and I might not always be able to give you a hundred ideas on the spot, but if you ask me to help you brainstorm something, probably by the time I get home or the next day, I will have a good 
10, 20, 30, 40 ideas for you. So this is just part of who I am. And it was just part of what I, part of my identity that I felt like I lost when I was going through breast cancer treatment. And so about for 18 months, my brain would not function that way. And I really felt like cancer stole so much from me. It stole my breasts, my hair. At the time, it stole my ability to actively parent my kids. I wasn't able to go out where I wanted to because I had to be so worried about germs. And even with my positive attitude, I felt like I had to work to stay up and avoid dwelling on what I felt like I had lost or that had been taken taken away from me. So today I want to talk about just a couple of mindset things or philosophies that I think are helpful, not just for people going through breast cancer treatment, but really for anybody who is facing challenges in their lives. And really, that's probably all of us because we all have something bad or rough unbelievably hard happened to us at some point in our lives. And as I like to say, it's how we deal with it that counts because we all face those tough times. So we have to figure out, we have to have coping strategies. In our house, we have what I call a 24-hour rule. If you get bad news or something doesn't go your way, you have 24 hours to pout and cry and have that tantrum if that's what you need to have. and then you must get on with your life. My girls are all theater kids, and so that means we have lots of auditions. Somebody's always auditioning for something, which means that you're putting yourself out there and risking rejection constantly. So when that cast list comes out, there's often disappointment because we can't always have the role that we want. So I let them pout at home with me, with their family, in their safe space, But once that 24 hours is up, and hopefully sooner, but once that 24 hours is up, they need to accept what has happened and move on. They need to be able to be genuinely happy for their friend who got the role that they wanted, and they need to be able to go to rehearsal with a positive mind and a solid work ethic. No bad attitudes just because you didn't get what you want. So we have 24 hours to dwell and be sad, and then life goes on. So in the case of breast cancer, the 24-hour rule applied to me too, except for because it was such a big thing that is life-altering, I gave myself a little bit more than 24 hours. But you kind of get the idea. I just had this philosophy that you accept, you deal with the emotions, you accept what happened, and then you move forward. So I allowed myself to feel the emotions, but I didn't dwell on the negative. And that's this piece of advice that I think works for everyone, no matter what is going on in your life. Another piece of wisdom that I think applies to everyone is something I remember reading. And the author basically said, are you having a bad day or did you have a bad 10 minutes that you've allowed to turn into a bad day? Now, obviously, we all get news that is devastating, but how often do we go about our day stewing about a conversation we had with our husband before we left the house or getting angry about something that your kid did, you know, 
they left the kitchen full of dishes or your dog peed at the bottom of the stairs and you stepped in it as you were on your way out the door, which actually technically did just happen to me. My dog decided to pee at the bottom of the stairs and I ran downstairs going to get something from the copy machine and stepped right in it. I'm so lucky I did not fall flat on my butt. But anyway, you get the idea. Did you allow that one bad thing to completely train wreck your day? How often do we go about our day stewing about a conversation that we had earlier in the day? And then that frustrating conversation becomes baggage that we carry around with us all day and take into every situation we encounter from there on. Don't let the small things spill over into every aspect of your life. Shut down that conversation in your head and come back to it later or let it go. And then this is where we circle back around to that note I said earlier that I found on my phone. This note that I had written myself says, everyone mentions that I have this amazing, strong attitude, and maybe I do, but more than being strong, it's that I decided that cancer is not going to steal a single day of my life. I caught myself telling a friend that by the time this is over, cancer will have taken a year of my life. And I realized that cancer is something I'm trying to get through. I'm still focusing on what has been and what I want to be rather than today. So I read that note that I wrote myself the other day and I thought, cancer or no cancer, how many people are walking around complaining about something that has happened to them or something that isn't fair? How many people are living in the past rather than living in the present? Life isn't something to get over and through. Life isn't something to get over and through. Each day brings new opportunities and challenges and reasons to celebrate. And even in those challenges, no matter what it is that you're facing, you can choose to see the difficult parts as experiences that help you grow and become stronger and become the person who you are meant to be. Or you can choose the alternative, which is to dwell and wish and complain. And that doesn't do anything. It just makes you feel horrible. So I like the idea of looking at challenges as a way to grow and to change and to see life in a new way. Not every day is bad. And in the worst of times, not every moment of every day is bad. Between the darkness, we find shadows. And to have shadows, there must be light. Every single day has moments with little shimmers of light. It's up to us to find them. One of the best pieces of advice I got was from a friend who told me to take a selfie every day. At the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But looking back, I find it to be a piece of brilliant advice and something that everyone should try to do, especially in times when you're struggling. What it showed me is exactly what I've been talking about. Every single day, even in our darkest times, there are bright spots if we choose to see them. So every single day when I was going through my treatment, I took a picture of something that was going on. And usually it was maybe a funny face I was making or you know, a funny pose I would make with my bald head or just something that was going on that brought joy into my life that day. And when I look back, I can see that I was showered with love. And 
I especially can see that all of our friends stopped, stopped in, they stepped up, and they poured their hearts into my girls. My kids at that time felt like they had dozens of friends and theater moms who were all looking out for them, all making sure that they felt loved in a time when I just didn't have the energy some days to be there. When I was going through treatment, I was always looking for that mind game that would help me find the mental switch that I could flip so that I could accept the next thing that was thrown to me. And it didn't matter to me if other people thought the things I did were stupid or silly. They helped me through the tough time. When I found out I needed to have chemo, I decided my family would shave my head and that I would try to make it a special time for our family. And if you haven't seen it, I do on my YouTube channel have a video that we made where the girls documented shaving my hair and we cut it. I just let them do all kinds of crazy things, first cutting it into shorter and shorter cuts. There's one shop where they chopped it straight across my forehead. I look like Dora the Explorer. And it it was memorable for me and I hope for them. I hope it took something that was scary and made it a little bit more lighthearted. Another thing that we did was I put it, I got it stuck in my head that I wanted to make a dance video. And so I have a video with my girls and I where I made up this dance and we're dancing with our pink wigs on as I was going through treatment. And then I decided that I would buy, when I lost my hair, two wigs to wear, one that looked more like my normal hairstyle and then another one that was kind of a red short bob. And I also had a variety of hats because I decided that everybody knew I had cancer and it wasn't something I needed to hide. And so I was going to use that time to have some fun with my appearance. These were my mind games. And when you're going through something hard, you have to find your own mind games, your own mental trick so that you can accept what is happening as it's, as it's happening. And maybe people thought that some of the things I did were weird, But it really didn't matter because I was the one finding my way, trying to live that season of my life and make that season of my life still a good part of my life. Be happy. Find happiness where I was in that moment. And that brings me to another theory that I find very helpful. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called the circle of grief or the ring theory. And it's a way of looking at illness, death, or any other type of situation that someone is grieving or working through. What you do is you draw a series of concentric circles so that you have what looks like a bullseye on your paper. And you put the person closest to the situation in the center in that bullseye. So in the case of a cancer patient, they would be the one in the center. In the next ring, you put the names of their immediate family, and then the ring outside of that maybe their closest friends, and maybe then outside of that one, maybe coworkers or neighbors. The closer the relationship, the closer to the inside of the circle you are. And the more distant the relationship, the further out you would be on that bullseye type diagram. The person in the center gets to cope however they want. And for the rest of the people, the rule is to offer comfort in and dump out. That means if you have something negative to say, you are not allowed it to say it to the people closer into the center of the circle than you are. If you have something negative to say, you have to say it to the people in your own circle or further out. 
you also, all you get to say to the person in the center of the circle or in rings closer to the center than you is something positive. Comfort in, dump out. So you don't share your anger or your pain or the way you would handle the situation with somebody closer to the center. All you do is offer comfort in the support of words, hugs, offers to help watch kids, offers to bring meals, other things that are genuine help. Your opinions or how you would deal with the situation are not genuine help. Therefore, you can only share those ideas with the people in your same ring or further out from the center. If you are having trouble coping, you get support from the people in your own circle or a circle outside of yours. So I think that this is brilliant for so many situations because it helps you say and do the right things. It helps you know what is appropriate to the situation. So in my case, if you didn't like my coping methods, you had two choices. Keep your mouth shut or share your disapproval with somebody in your own circle or further removed from me than you are. I just think that's such a, such a helpful way of dealing with things. And I think about some of the rude comments I got when people disapproved of my treatment choices that I had made. And in case you haven't been following me very long, I had a bilateral mastectomy and then it was determined that I needed to have chemo. I had somebody who didn't want me to have surgery at all. And it was not even anybody that was super, super close to me who was inviting me to all of these events to help get rid of pent up anger that was causing my illness. And you know what? People agonize over those decisions. And unless you are in that circle that is right outside of theirs, probably their spouse or their immediate family, you don't get to share your opinion. So moving, moving on. It doesn't do me any good to wish I had the life I had before breast cancer. I remember being at an appointment with the surgeon who did my reconstruction, and I kept crying in that appointment because I didn't want all the changes that were taking place that I had no control over. I didn't want the mastectomy. It was the best choice in what I needed to do, but I just hadn't accepted it. I didn't want that. I didn't want implants. I didn't want reconstruction. And I was just agonizing. Like I said, that's what happened. You agonize over those decisions until you finally accept that this is the path you're taking. And this doctor, my plastic surgeon, stopped me at one point and said, you know, a year from now, all of these things that seem so important to you will really seem insignificant. And he was right. When you're in the middle of it, all the decisions seem huge and life-changing because they are. But once you've gotten some distance, you need to keep looking forward. That goes for breast cancer and even for life choices like choosing your college. I know I have a daughter who's a senior and a bunch of kids are applying to colleges and some of these are really tough to get into. And whether it's an academic program that you want or it's something like theater or film where there's a lot of competition in those types of types of degree programs, it seems like where you get into for college is going to forever alter the course of your life. And it is huge in the moment, and you should try to get into the very best place that you can. But if you get news that you don't want, and if you don't get into that place that you want, 
again, just using college as an example here, life goes on. It doesn't do us any good to look back and wish for the life we used to have or the life that we had hoped we would have. We need to make the best of our current situation to be positive and to love ourselves for who we are in the moment. To close this episode out, I would like to remind you that to get where you want to go in life, you have to change your mentality. It is up to you. Make a choice each day to thrive in the face of adversity. You are not a victim of your circumstances. Things might happen to you, and those things might be big, huge, ugly, scary things, but they only define you if you let them. Our habits and behaviors become our identity. Who do you want to be? What do you want for your future? How do others who currently have what you want behave? Study their habits and tell yourself you can create your future. If there is something you want, study the habits of the people who already have what you want and learn how to develop those behaviors in yourself. We create our reality with our thoughts and our dreams and our optimism. And when we and we have the life we believe we deserve, believe that good things will happen to you and develop habits that are consistent with high achievers. Thank you everyone for listening today. I want you to have a fabulous week and keep dreaming keep reaching, keep believing that you can have all that you ever hoped for. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.